Hi, welcome to More to Come, BW Comic World's weekly podcast, comics and graphic novel news. I'm Heidi McDonald, the editor-in-chief of The Beat at www.comicsbeat.com. Today, I am at Emerald City Comic Con in Seattle, Washington. Uh, it's the first day, it's just kicking off, and I'm sitting here with artist extraordinaire, Allison Sampson. Allison, how's it going? It's going great. It's... Um there's so much happening here. This is my this is one of my favorite conventions because everybody is it's so much creator owned work and really inspiring people to come and meet. And I always find it I just find it really creatively invigorating. It's amazing. And you you've also bought some Jaffa cakes with you to give to people. Yes. Um, as you might notice from Alison's manner of speaking, she is from I'm from London. Okay. And, uh, and I it's just. It amuses me that Jaffa Cakes seem to freak American people out, so I try and bring them whenever possible. Yeah, well, they're very good. And Jaffa Cake is, it's really quite a little confection. It's chocolate, it's jelly, and it's cake in one little cookie-like thing. And it's actually a cake for tax reasons. Why are the English just so good at the sweets? (laughs) We've had the time to get it right. We have, we have, we have, we have, you know, all these things are sort of historic. And, and also, um, yeah, I think it's, that's a big question, which I probably won't answer here. Yeah, well, there you go. You know, listen, I put you on the spot with a big question that, uh, you know, wasn't... I could, a... I, could, I could start going into history, but we won't do that. Okay, well, you know what? We probably would do that, and it would be an even more popular podcast, because people seem to love British baking. But anyway, oh, yeah. another time, another subject. Let's talk about uh, you and what you're doing here. Um so I think the most recent thing that you did was at Winnebago Graveyard, that's or co- that's correct, uh, or at least it's the most recent out thing. Right. So Winnebago Graveyard, as as I've said probably now quite a bit, is about a family who go on holiday in their campfire, accidentally get their campfire stolen at a creepy fairground, and get stuck in a town full of Satanists, <laughs> and it's what happens next. So it's it's written by Steve Niles and drawn by me, and it's we think of it as it is a young adult book. But we think of it as um, my first horror book. Right. And, uh, of course, you work with Steve. He's really, uh, you know, I, I'd say he's a horror specialist. I mean, that's yeah. most of what he writes. Now, do you consider yourself a horror artist? No. Uh, I, 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 like to attack, I like to attack everything. Um, so I just, I think I had, a, I had wanted to do something like that for quite a long time. And I like doing the horror work because, because of... Um, how abstract it is. You have to achieve a lot with abstract elements. Like in, in our book, our villain doesn't have a face, and it's and also there's not much dialogue, and that's exceptionally demanding on the art, which I like. Mm-hmm. I like I like the puzzle of how do you do this, and so my interest is more the puzzle of how do you do this right. than this is a genre thing. Right, right. Well, Alison. Uh, you were on a panel of mine back at New York Comic Con a couple of years ago, and uh, you talked about a little bit about your origin. But your origin story is quite unusual for comics, correct? Probably. I think there's a lot. I, I, I am, by a main occupation, an architect. But I think there's a lot of architects in comics, and they're just kind of quite low-key. I think they're here, and I think there's increasingly more of them. And I think also there is an increasing interest in architecture and comics because I'm asking more and more to talk about this. Um, but my origin is that I am older than most people who are at the level that I am in comics um, because I only really started drawing comics after I was about 40 years old. And the reason is that I didn't know they existed because I was an architect, or I am an architect. And I did the whole architecture thing. And then I found I discovered comics through things like the beat. And then I, after a while... 
I kind of thought maybe I would like to draw them. And then one day somebody rang me up and asked me to draw their graphic novel, and then I did, and then Image published it, and then I thought they'd do another one. <laughs> and, 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 and stuff has happened, and it's really interesting. Uh, comics is like the crack of architecture. It's kind of it's all the best bits without the boring bits, and which I think is... Um, I try and recruit more architects to the cause because I know I can. And, um, yeah, it's, it's all the design work, it's the thinking, it's, it's the, the communication. Um, these things have so much more in common than people believe. Right. Uh, I think I've done more design work doing comics in the five, six years I've been doing it than I did in 25 years of an architecture Well, that's so true. I mean, to be a cartoonist is to be a set decorator, a costume designer, yes. um, a director, an actor. I mean, yes. it's, every, it's really demanding. It's really demanding, it? and it's really cool, and it's really fun. And um, although the pay can sometimes be kind of terrible, it, it really... It has entirely changed my life, working in this, where it has given me the opportunity to travel and meet people... I mean, I'm going to Chicago in, um, after this, and I'm, and I'm going to go on a brutalism tour with two girls who ran various comic shops in the U.S. who I got to know through selling my book, and we're going to do something which is entirely really not to do with comics at all in a social way because you meet friends and you have a lot in common. Right. It is so true. I mean, I've been in comics for a long time, and, you know, all of my... My dearest, oldest friends are in comics, and you, there's, yeah, there is quite a community. That is not to say that the community doesn't break down from time to time, but, uh, you know, Chicago, uh, I, I'm a New Yorker, but I've said this before, like, Chicago, for architecture fans, it's like the motherland. It's, it it's, is. It's, it's, it's architecture and food, and that's actually really, I'm kind of here on holiday. It's like, I'm actually here for the food, so it's seafood in in Seattle and sushi for Oh, my meal. God, have you had um, Yet. Uh, we're having ah, oh, we're having it tonight. Mm-hmm. I made a group, which is not really a secret, but like we have this group called Comic Artist Group, and we've got our Comic Artist Group dinner tonight. So we're going to go and just eat a oh, shit ton of fish. Yeah, I had some fish last night. The first thing I did, and oh my god, I again, I'm an East Coaster, New Englander, and uh, you know, it was a phenomenal. This is uh, the best fish in the world here. Yeah, it kind of is. I mean, like I said, my family's from Maine. We might have the, we have the best okay, lobster, okay. for sure. you can argue. That yeah. may, may but I think that. aside from, like, a few specialties, like, it was just everything. Was phenomenal. Isn't, isn't it funny? The conversation always comes back to food. It does because we're hungry, I guess. But, uh, you know, I, I that's actually one of the most fun things about going to cons is yeah. seeing your friends in different cities and going and exploring and just Absolute, having absolutely. wonderful experiences. And eat, I mean, like, you know, mentioning Comic Arts Group, we've got, we've got our dinner here where we're going to kind of eat some of the best fish possible, but, like, we have a huge dinner in Chicago where Gene Hara is going to take loads of us out for pizza. Oh, and, uh, yeah, we oh, got yeah. the other side, yeah. And, um, we're, yeah, I mean, yeah, coming over for the food, it's, it's actually, this is what is so amazing about this. It's, um, I don't, I think this is why people come into comics, is it kind of, there's all this other stuff that, um, I don't know, it just opens you up to things. I mean, for example, as you probably know, the UK is not quite so diverse as the US. Mm. It isn't really. And um, I think New York Comic Con this last time, or the first time I went, was the first time I felt uncomfortable that my books were so white. Uh, and I was like, must do something about that. It, you don't know when you don't sure, know. Sure. And I was like, and so now... I've just just about completing an all people of color book, which has been 
great fun but very demanding to draw. And my book is entirely based on real people who I know. And um, so there's this kind of giant, it's got dozens and dozens of characters and giant, actually not just a giant metaphorical family, but a giant actual little family as well, because most of them are related to each other. So I think this is the project. Now, this project has been announced, but I, yes. yes, it is. It's, 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 I'm, I'm just wrapping up drawing Hit Girl, No Man's Land. It's called No Man's Land. That's the subtitle. It's People Know It as Hit Girl Mumbai. And um, it's written by Peter Milligan, drawn by me, and is, of course, a Mark Miller book, and um, which relating to the film Kick-Ass. And I'm, I've loved drawing it. I think, um, I forget the order. I think there's the... I think I follow Goran Parlov. So there's, there's the current series, the next one, and I'm the one after that. So my book is October this year with a collection this time next year. And Tree Farrell is colouring it. And because we've got such a long run-in, this is kind of great, um, we're making it really... Mumbai is really maximal. Everything is maximal. There's nothing quiet. There's no single car. It's always a traffic jam. There's no single person in the street. It's a crowd. There's no single apartment. It's a phalanx of apartments. So we've been allowed extra time by the the editorial team to spend more work on it. And so Tree has been allowed an extension of her deadline to... We're going, we're going, we're going for a Jeff Darrow thing. You know something? While you were talking, my next line was going to be that you were channeling your inner Jeff Darrow. And yeah. so you, we were on a mental I, I, connection I, I, Well, it's like, can you imagine Jeff Darrow drawing Mumbai? How oh insane God, would that yeah. be? It's, it's kind of, it's not so much for me as that, and this goes going back to an architecture thing. Cities are unique. And this is what's kind of really interesting about what Mark's doing by situating us in these different places is that everywhere you go is regional. I mean, that, that mm-hmm. embodies my, my work a lot. Right. Like Winnebago Graveyard is the American Southwest. And it's like um, the architecture and the landscape. When, when I a graveyard, the book is titled after a landscape. Right. It's not a funny term. It's a thing. And, yeah, so and, and our Mumbai book is I wanted to make an effort to make it like Mumbai so Indian readers and people from Mumbai will recognize things they, things they know. And um, which is hopefully going to be kind of fun, and hopefully we will get to take the book to India and show people. Did you? Uh, now you mentioned that you're going to Chicago next week, so Emerald City is kicking off kind of big time season. Uh, Chicago's next week, the week after WonderCon. I'm skipping Chicago, but I'm going to WonderCon. It's kind of a brutal three weeks. I'm doing Dunfermline, yeah. not WonderCon, so I'm actually doing three times oh, in a row. Okay, so you are, but actually having them so close does make it easier for you to kind of do this tour. It, it does. And also, something else, I'm, I'm, it's filling the gaps is going to be fun, so I'm taking the Empire Builder from, I'm taking the slow train oh, from wow. here to Chicago. Nice. So I can have two days of not actually talking to anybody and, and not, not standing on my feet, but I'm I'm going to meet some interesting people, and presumably, uh, I don't know who, and um, so I want to... Well, the train goes through the Cascades, right? Yeah, it goes through the Cascades, and it goes through Dakota and Minnesota, and um, it, it goes where roads don't go, so it's, um, there's going to be some interesting people out there, and I wanted to, a bit, t- talking about how everything is regional, I wanted to experience a regional bit of America, on, I'm going on my own, and... Um, just talk to people and eat the food and look at the landscape and get off the train occasionally. And then I'm going to get into Chicago and I'm going to full on Chicago. And um, and then I'm going to fly home to Dunfermline. I'm going to, then I'm doing Dunfermline Comic Con, which is 
which is run by Little Shop of Heroes, and I'm going to eat pies, which is a whole other story. <laughs> well, you'll be ready for some home cooked food by then, yeah, right? You'll no, be ready for the home. Have you, you haven't been to Chicago before? No, no, I, I, I haven't. I, I, ju- I just decided that I wanted to come to Chicago, and then the convention was on, and I was like, oh, that's an excuse. And but actually, I'm really coming for Chicago as an architect. Of course, I am. Well, you know, it's funny that you say you're going on a brutalism tour because actually. Like, one of the things you do when you go to Chicago is, is architecture tours. And it's not, I mean, I'm sure every city has them. But Chicago's the only one I know of where they're like, oh, I'm doing that, you know? It's yeah. like they're really popular and they're really, like, you know, and part people, of And people have been very helpful to us as well. There was a gentleman who is a friend of Jean's on Facebook, and he wrote me a very long piece of guidance about going around the University of Chicago and looking at the brutalism. And it's, it's like, that's so nice and helpful. And that's a, that's the kind of thing. Is people, meet, people meet people so we can travel the world and there'll be, there'll be people, there'll be, there'll be our people everywhere. Yeah, it kind of is like, that's one of the reasons why I do, I don't travel so much away from cons. I mean, I, once in a while I go by myself, but I'll say if I have a choice between going by myself or going with like maybe ten of my friends, and we can share the whole experience. It's kind of like better to share. It's it's it, it, it's nice to share. I mean, and and with different people as yeah. well. Yeah. And in this, I mean, I I being, being British, the pound the pound is weak. It's very weak against the dollar. So America is exceptionally expensive. Oh, yeah. for me. You if you want to think about how it looks to us, just look at your own prices and then double them, and that's how it looks to us. Wow. And so I travel on. A very strict. I, I mean, I, I do enjoy all the kind of budget stuff. So um, you know, I stay. I'm staying here in in Seattle. I'm staying in the Virginian, which is like the Chelsea Hotel. So it's kind of this very old building. Oh, wow. Yeah, it is. Well, the architecture here is fascinating. Too. Yes, I mean, it's it such is. a mix. It's it's become very futuristic. It does remind me kind of Europe a little bit. It's yes. It's, weirdly, last time we came over, I came over with my partner. We were discussing potentially emigrating. And I would happily, happily live and work in Seattle. Well, you'd have to because, be a millionaire, unfortunately. Well, but you see, the thing is, and we went on boat boating. My, my partner is a, is a rocket scientist, and, um, <laughs> of course. And um, he could, he would buy, I mean, in tech, he would find right, right. a good place here. And as an architect, there is a lot of work to be done. The, the city is all timber houses, mostly not insulated. Climate matters are changing. It may not have reached America yet, but it's going to. Yeah. And um, there is a lot of work to be done. And I can. So we we were like, we could do this, but America is quite daunting. Um, you know, the little green card thing. And we were like, oh, maybe it's too difficult. And, and Canada's too cold. Vancouver's too rainy. Canada is too cold for now. That's true. That's yeah, that, you can have that, a little vision that, out. That, that, <laughs> so it, it's like it's right there because of course British people emigrating to Canada is easy. Yeah, so, yeah. But it, it, it tempts me. It tempts me. It tempts. I like the Ameri- the, the community here. That I've traveled. Last time I was here, I traveled down the west coast and I stopped in each city and I met whole bunches of people in different circumstances and. Um, I was just talking to Jessica Barboni, who runs um, Escapist in Berkeley, and it's like the weird thing about doing creator-owned books is that you have to sell the books yourself, or sorry, sorry, sell, you're selling them to the comic shops yourself, largely, and therefore you you have massive amounts of get engagement with people who run the shops, and my, what has come round, and I should say this, is that my success in comics, if I have that, is mitigated entirely, almost entirely by women 
and very largely by women who run and own comic shops. The Valkyries may not be anymore, but the people who were the Valkyries are... My debt to them is very, very substantial. Uh, That they... That the fact of women in comics being helped by women in comics is a thing. And um, what the Valkyries have done for me, be it directly in their in their work or indirectly in their friendship has been I will say everything but a very big part of my the possibility of me being able to stay in the business right well you know it's amazing and you know praiseworthy that you got to find this kind of community that really helped you along and uh, you know, there's still some good stuff happening in the world. <laughs> yeah, there, 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 there is. And, and the, the Valkyries disbanding, for whatever reason, is actually an explosion of, well, we should do something about that. Right. Which has come out of it. So there's, there's several, as I, there's several different things going on. And I think people have figured out that they can have success in groups. Right. Well, you know, speaking of groups, you and I have been talking for a little bit, and I see people gathering here, so you know what? Waiting to talk. <laughs> uh, yes. And so, uh, Alice, thank you so much. Alison Sampson, thank you. And look for Hit Girl uh, coming out in Mumbai, coming yes. out in October. That's cr- I, I believe so. Um, I, I mean, it's, it's a work for thing, so I kind of, I am not entirely together on the details, but like, um, yeah, it's got to be out soon. I mean, it's like it's been a long time. Right. All right. Thank you so much, Allison. It's a pleasure. Welcome back to more to come. PW Comics World's graphic novel podcast. I'm Heidi McDonald at Emerald City Comic Con. Now standing with David Walker. David, how's it going? It's going good. It's Sunday and I'm able to stand, which is a good thing. And four days of this show is like a month anywhere else in the world. So it's good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. You know, it's the first show of the year. So we kind of had to get our sea legs back, right? I know. It's, I was telling somebody about that. I the last four months I have not exercised properly or eaten well, and I'm feeling it at this show. And and now I have my goal is to to knock off drop fifty pounds between now and New York. <laughs> All right, because New York is the second hardest show to traverse. Yes. when you're on foot. So, yes, yeah. absolutely. Well, you know my uh, I was the same as you. I was actually into my fitness regime, and then I uh, you know broke some bones, and then. Well, that, well, that'll mess you up. Yeah, you don't even have to break your bones. You just, <laughs> you just have to get old. And, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, uh, <laughs> David, despite our aches and pains, uh, you are embarking on a whole new business venture. You are becoming your own comics publisher, right? I, I am. I'm a, a self-publisher, though. That's very clear. I need to make that very clear because I'm already getting pitches and proposals oh, from people, and I'm like, I am not set up to publish anybody else. Um, I started out self-publishing. I had a zine back in the 90s. So this is just sort of returning to my roots. But yes, I have decided to start a self-publishing empire, as it were. But I don't know if it's really an empire. So the l- name of your company is, is Solid Comics. Solid right? Comics, yes. With an X. With an X. So we are a little uh, undergroundy. Yeah. Um, tell us about what the, uh, the, the plan for it is. Now, you have one title announced? Uh, I have one title announced, which we're currently raising money on Kickstarter for that campaign. We've hit our goal. We're now in stretch goal mode. It's about to end. That's a, a five-issue miniseries called One Fall. It's a, a professional wrestling book with a supernatural element, but it's really about family. So it's a lot like the Fast and Furious movies, cars jumping over the Grand Canyon, but it's really about family. Um, so that's, that's a good pitch. You're good at this. <laughs> but, yeah, so that's that's our, our first one. The, the first issue is going to print. Uh, Brett, the artist, is going to uh, C2E2 next week. I'm going to WonderCon the week after that. 
And then first week of April, we are going to print with the book. It'll start shipping by mid to late April for sure. So you have the Kickstarter underway right now, correct? Yes. Is it funded yet? It is. It's funded. Our, our goal was eight grand, and we are closing in around on 12 grand. I'm hoping we can pass that so we can hit some of our stretch goals. And, um, but yeah, it's right now, it's, 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 it's coming along quite well and people seem to love it. Um, they love it even though they haven't seen it. They've seen pages, samples, um, but not the whole story, not the whole first issue. Right. And the artist on it is Brett. Brett Weldley. Weldley. And he I... did, um, the surrogates. He did the light. He did, um, he did the Southland Tales crossover with that Richard Kelly movie. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. He did, um, I met him years ago when he did a book called Shot Callers over at Oni with Gary Phillips, who's a good friend of mine. Gary Phillips wrote that. It was a crime book. Brett and I have been talking about doing something together for a really long time. We were at a convention about a year ago and he was like, Let's do this. And I was like, okay, what do you want to do? He said professional wrestling. And I said, <laughs> all right, I could do that. But what's going to be our hook? And we, we came up with a hook together very, very quickly. And it's always good to, when you're, as a writer who doesn't draw, if you can find an artist who wants to work with you and they have something that they feel passionately about, it makes it so much easier. And, and when, when I made the decision, when we made the decision to self-publish this, part of that was that passion came through because it, I, I kind of had to twist his arm a little bit, tell him that Kickstarter was going to work. Well, now that's very interesting because, um, you know, David, you're a well-known name in yeah. comics. I mean, you're doing Naomi for DC, correct? And you've done tons of other books and at yep. every publisher. So, I mean, I, I can imagine that you could have pitched this at some publishers and you probably could have found one. Is that? I did pitch it and we, there was interest. Um, the deals weren't the best. And I started looking at the landscape, not just of publishing, but of distribution and retail and realizing that there's a lot of publishers that have a lot of great intentions, but they can't always move product. Right. A lot of retailers don't order certain types of product. So you might put out a really great title and only move a thousand units or less than a thousand units. Now, if you go to another publisher, I don't care if it's Image or Oni or Dark Horse or, or any of these other companies, if you only move 500 units, that book is a failure. Right. And, 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 and there's no, there's no hope of it ever having a slow build, a slow burn, finding an audience over the course of a couple of years. That, that leg of the industry does not allow for that. And then your force as a creator, if you want to sell those books, you've got to go to that publisher and you have to buy copies of your own book at, at honestly, inflated prices. <laughs> um, and so there was a couple offers that were on the table for one fall, but they were those sort of offers. Right. And, and, I, and over the last, it's no secret that sales are dropping in the comic industry. And I talked to Brett about this and I was looking at certain titles that I write and what they sell. And realizing that this title isn't, might not do that well in the mainstream market, but we believe in it. And, and it was like, well, if we can move a minimum of a thousand units, there's publishers out there that I know for a fact can't do that. Right. So why don't we do it ourselves? And, and Brett has been working, doing work for hire stuff for so long. And, and even though he comes from a DIY background, he was having trouble wrapping his head around it. And I was like, the worst that will happen is we won't raise our goal and, and then we're in the same boat we are if we right. go to a publisher right. who can't move 
I mean, people don't realize that there, there are titles out there that aren't even moving 500 units. You know, go, go to any comic book store and look at the top 500 based on what diamond sales are. And then you realize that there's always something sitting on the shelf that ain't even in the top 500. I've, I've, there's titles that I've worked on that I know for a fact I've sold more of those units at conventions than, than right. the publisher and the retailer are yeah. able to move. And yeah. that's just the reality of it. It's not a condemnation of that side of the industry so much as it is sometimes you just don't have a place for it. And, and you have a project that you like, that you believe in. You shouldn't let the fact that 2,000 retailers aren't, uh, of the 2,000 retailers in this country, maybe only 50 of them want to carry it. Right, right. The Noble 300. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I've called them, but I, I, I get yelled at when I say that. I'm fine, so I can only say it on the podcast. Well, you know, when you lay out the numbers like that, it actually uh, seems quite reasonable. Now, uh, you are doing it as a as periodical format, correct? That's that's the plan right now. Although we, so the first issue is is done. It's in the can. It's going to print in just a couple of weeks. We are. I am definitely rethinking issues four or two through five. Just because I'm not sure of the Kickstarter model yet. So we're discussing the, the possibilities of shifting our game and, and moving things around a little bit. But we still have a few months to figure that out because we're going to take a break from between issue one and then, and launching into issue two. A lot of it was this, this was a great opportunity to figure out how Kickstarter works, to get, to get the imprint up and running as it were. And, and the way the first issue is written, it, it's not, calling for it's not a it's not a hard cliffhanger ending it's not people are like i can't wait 30 days right you, you right. could actually wait 120 days if and it's you need to. and it's not like you know just uh like those deconstructed issues where you just see people running around and then at the end they're like my name is ted yeah you know? yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what i'm talking about yes i do waiting for the writing for the trade um yeah, yeah. yeah interesting <laughs> so you so so you have a pretty good sounds like you have a pretty good vision of this but also got learning as you go a little bit oh yeah there's definitely a lot of learning as i go and and i i feel like i've got a good vision but I could be completely nuts. I mean, talk to me. Uh, let's see. Well, talk to me at New York City Comic Con yeah. in about six, seven months. We'll see where I'm at well, then. Well, it's funny because this is Emerald City is definitely, as we were saying, the kickoff show. Yeah. And, and uh, uh, New York Comic Con is kind of the wrap up show. Yes. It is like baseball season. It, it begins is, in it, March. I was going to say that. Yeah, it yeah. ends in <laughs> October, and you know, so much will have changed. In fact. Uh, let's make a date now to, to check and, you know, have, like talk to you at New York Comic Con and we kind of check back in and, and see how everything has gone with this. Okay. And I'm going to remain optimistic, even though I'm a cynical person. I'm going to remain optimistic that, so here's the deal. When you, when we talk in New York, you're going to say to me, you're going to be like, these are two things I'm predicting. You're going to be, <laughs> wow, you look so good. You lost so much weight. Ah. And then I'll say, don't objectify me that way. I mean, <laughs> No, I, I would never say. I love to be objectified that way. Um, and the other thing you'll say is congratulations on the success. Because I, I think I define success on my own terms. And right now I'm already feeling very successful with what we've done thus far. Well, it's so. very good to have positive visualizations yes, like that. Yes, it is. That's one thing that I'm, I'm finding in my own life and in talking to people increasingly. Um, David, i got a question. I have a new field of study last night. Uh, okay. You know, at Comic-Cons we like to hang out in the bar. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's Saturday night, which is kind of like Sunday's a slow day. So if you really wanted to rage, Saturday night would be the night. So you're just kind of every – there's a lot of 90-yard stairs here today. Yeah. So do you pace yourself? Like, do you save yourself, like, Thursday and Friday? Do you go all out or, you know? Like... I, I pace myself to the extent that I didn't even go out this year. My um, 
My lady friend came in for the show. She's been to smaller shows. This is her first really big one. And um, so it was kind of a vacation for her. Ah. So we just literally, we got takeout and we sat in the hotel and watched terrible movies and complained. And then she said to me, I think I've got an idea for a graphic novel. And I said, <laughs> what is it? And she told me, and I was like, yes. Uh-huh. And, and, I, and, and so I made an exception. I'll go on, on record saying this. I told her that if I, I would help her find an artist to draw it, and that if we could not find a publisher who made a reasonable offer, that I would publish it for her. So I've already said my first graphic novel that's not something I've written would be hers. Ah, well, there you go. Keeping it all in the, you know, all in the family. family. Exactly. Very good. That was Sanford Green interjecting yeah. in our podcast. Yes, yes. Uh, that's okay. We love drive-bys here on Mordecai. We love to have this uh, special guest. You know, I want to clarify one thing. When I say yeah. going all out, uh, you know, comic book folks just love to talk. And we have yeah, they do. so much and to it's, talk It's a about. great thing. Yeah. It's, but I was, you know, it's it's funny because... She said to me, you can go out and do this, go out if you want to. And I was like, I'm just exhausted this yeah. year. I really, look, I've let myself go to seed. This is, <laughs> this is, there, there really needs to be like a, a, a medium sized show leading into oh, right. Emerald like City. The, the, the uh, spring training show. Exactly. Yeah. I, I, I walked nine miles on Thursday because wow. I, I had to do some stuff at the library. I haven't walked nine miles since I was in New York in October. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, But um, you get that Fitbit really clicking there. But it is a lot of it's about pacing yourself, and and you know I know some writers and artists who they just go back to their room and either write or draw, and and I I'm not nearly that disciplined, but. Oh, well, I know the artists are doing their commissions, so, you know, yeah, it's like yeah, cha-ching. Yeah. It's like, you know, more money, more, more time in my hotel room, so. Yeah, no, that's, and I, I don't think a lot of people realize that that, that for all, a lot of us, this is our bread and butter. These shows can be our bread and butter. I didn't, I didn't do as many shows last year for a variety of reasons. And, um, and when I was doing my taxes, I was like, oh, <laughs> why did I make so little? And I realized, oh, I, I didn't do Emerald City. I didn't do WonderCon. Those two shows alone, you know, those help significantly and especially for even more so for artists. So yeah, it's a, this is a job it no is. matter what, even though there's like this weird carnival freak show atmosphere to it all for, for you, for me, for yes. a lot of us, this is part of our job. It is. Yeah. It is. And you know, uh, there's a lot of different levels to doing our job. Well, David, oh, yes. <laughs> I will see you at WonderCon. So yep. I will be there in a couple of weeks as we continue this three-show marathon. But, okay. uh, well, good luck with thank Solid you. Comics. And uh, we'll be checking back in. And thank All you. Right. Look forward to seeing you. Take care. Hi, Heidi McDonald, live from Emerald City Comic Con once again. And this time on More to Come, we are checking in with Ann Bean of Emerald Comics Distro. Ann, how's it going? It's going great. <laughs> I, I'm having a super kind of chill, low-stakes con. Instead of vending things, I have a bingo card that has the 20 or so of my clients that are here and a bunch of fun prizes for people to, like, go say hi to my clients. And then and, and then I give away my lightly damaged backstock <laughs> and the stickers that people sometimes give me that I can't otherwise sell. I'm, I'm looking for your bingo card you gave me. Yeah, um, a delightful amount of, of uh, folks are 
here, uh, mostly in Artist Alley, uh, but I'm also using the the show as an opportunity to do some more some networking, like like so, you. So let's talk a little bit though yeah. about Emerald Comics Distro because you started this a couple years ago, correct? About a year and a half. Right, and uh, you were kind of like um, you know Johnny or Janie Comic Seed. You were mm-hmm. like distributing comics out of the trunk of your car, yep. right? Just as you know DIY as you could do. And I think last time I was like. Wow, you are dedicated. <laughs> and so tell us how it's gone in the last year. I so really wanted to update this. I feel like the selling comics out of the trunk of my car foundation that I've set in the Northwest has been pretty solid. I have really good relationships with a lot of comic shops in, you know, Washington and Oregon. Um, what I have been working on in the last couple of quarters is building a web store that is coherent. So I have a retail web store. Um, I also have a wholesale web store because um, wholesalers can sign up for an account and access a catalog where everything is, is has wholesale discounts applied to it. So building that has been my work over the last couple of quarters. Now it's like marketing that and promoting that and getting more people bought in. Um, right. So I know that I'm about to... Um, I've done nothing but grow since I started. And right now I'm about to like kick it into a different gear. Um, I'm sure I'll discover all kinds of like delightful supply and demand issues as, as I go. But, um, I'm, I'm feeling confident that I have a pretty solid catalog to offer. Um, who are some of the comics that you're repping? So some folks that are here, um, A Wave Blue World is one of the larger small presses that I rep. They uh, have a lot of a lot of graphic novels, but some fantastic sci-fi anthologies. The one that just came out uh, recently is called All We Ever Wanted. It's optimistic sci-fi. Um, on the, like, micro-er end, um, I rep a lot of... Still a lot of Pacific Northwest folks. I'm tabling with Laura Graves, who does a delightful comic called 666 Bistro, which is about demons working retail in hell. It looks really great. I have to say, when I stopped by your table, was, um, uh, her stuff looks fantastic. So I'm thrilled to be working with Fortuna Media uh, that in 2017 maybe published a, um anthology that's a queer tarot anthology and has since moved on to really delightful zoo book style books about cryptids called almost real <laughs> it's called speculative biology Wait, I'm not one of those i love cryptids uh, i'm a big great. cryptid fan so yeah. yeah let's go for that um i'm still running about half of my catalog is is like zines and single issue stuff and about half of it is trade paperbacks and hardbacks i'm working with a fun small press out of uh out of canada um, one of my like two or three Canadian clients uh, that does these gorgeous, well-produced hardbacks that are uh, watercolor Euro comics. Awesome. Now, have you had people come to you to looking for distribution, or sometimes? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of on the shop end of things, I fairly regularly get emails that. So some of them know what I'm about. Some of them are more like. I heard there was an alternative to Diamond. And I was like, well, I'm not an alternative to Diamond, but I have a really cool catalog that will work with you on a small scale. Um, So I probably get emails about that almost weekly. Uh, And then on the other side, um, word of mouth has helped build my client base pretty well in terms of, like, um, for example, folks at the show who are thinking about working with me, a couple of folks have been recommended by my current clients. They're like, oh, Anne's here. You should talk to Anne. This has been good for me. And honestly, like, 
my I have I have small potatoes, but like really heartfelt potatoes. Yeah. Uh, like one of my clients said, I paid for my expenses for VanCalf with money from Emerald Comics right. Distro, right. which is like which is it's a little modest, but, it's but you know what? Significant it's, it's something. Yeah. yeah. I mean, had you have any any of the your clients that you feel like you really, um, you know that. Like that a surprise hit with stores, or you know that you keep getting reorders, or anything like that. Or? I mean, I'm not surprised because I know the Northwest, but it might be surprising to like not the Northwest. The, like my best seller far and away is um, Power and Magic Press, which has right. two titles: mm-hmm. Power and Magic, which is a uh, anthology of witchy comics all by women and non-binary people of color, and then Immortal Souls, which is a follow-up. Right. Uh, uh, who's the the publisher of that? Jomet Gill. Jomet Gill, of course. She yeah. is like, yeah, I mean, I of course, I not from the Pacific Northwest, but I'm not surprised yeah. uh, because she really has put out some outstanding anthologies. So both of those are really good mm-hmm. books. So, um, yeah, those are good books to carry, actually. Yeah. And, and those are the sort of thing where, you know, I <laughs> I show up and get restocked from her in Portland every couple of months right. and just like, well, ran through another another right. box. <laughs> right, right. So those, yeah, that's really interesting because I do feel like, um, you know, the, the model of the Kickstarter anthology and especially so many of the anthologies are, are you know, queer creators or non-binary or people of color or, you know, they're coming and they have these great, you know, themed anthologies, but just the, the creator pool of them is so diverse mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, audiences are so excited about them and, you know, quite a few of them have really become kind of these, like you say, these kind of perennial titles, haven't yeah, they? absolutely. I think that Kickstarter is the, the hotbed of new and interesting content i'm thinking of like the the number of creators that contribute to several anthologies and then get hired by image or you know contribute to a few anthologies and then become like a household name or go on to other other career aspirations i am really excited by everything that's coming out of kickstarter and not all of my clients are using kickstarter as a base but um power and magic press certainly is um and I've been super pleased to have the opportunity right. to work with them. Is Jemet here at the show? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so. I, I see her at TCAF, I believe. Nice. So, um, you know, hopefully I can uh, check in with her there. Um, so, uh, yeah, so what's, so you're saying that you're building up your, your database, basically. Yeah. Yeah, so that's kind of the next step. That's for kind of the next step. I'm also uh, doing, like, very nuts and bolts working with another human being marketing <laughs> analysis. <laughs> like... Right. Getting deep into uh, whoa, whoa, marketing you, analysis. You know, we love that. <laughs> okay, okay, great. Now, both at Publishers Weekly and The Beat, we love <laughs> marketing analysis. I mean, is there any of this that you can share eventually? Or I hope so. Yeah. I, I did a whole bunch of, um, I basically spent January running numbers on my distro and seeing, like, what proportion of my clients are making money, who are breaking even, who are losing money, some in all three camps. As a creator, I lost a little bit of money mm-hmm. uh, because, you know, I've got uh, three minis. Mm-hmm. So it goes. Um, but it's kind of a bell curve. Um, a lot of folks are breaking a- even-ish. My service is basically like publicity become a household name in mm-hmm. Seattle and Tacoma right, and right. Portland. Um, but a, a significant number of them at least made, like, pay for a couple of cons money. Right, right. Do you feel like, uh, 
I mean, you keep talking about the scene here. I mean, how is... It seems to me, as an outsider, like a very, very vibrant scene here, you know? Yeah. Is it, is it still going strong? I think so. Um, I was on a panel yesterday that was called This Must Be the Place Creating Comics in the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah. Um, I think that Portland, in particular, has such a huge like amount of cartoonists who are there and who seem to like know each other and hang out sometimes um and, and that's true of seattle too i would say like there are a lot of scenes that intersect there's a big web comics community up here there's also a big like traditional work for marvel mm-hmm. folks there's uh, a bunch of underground folks who've got the strong Fantagraphics crew, right, and we've got the short run crew, and we've got the you know folks who are coming more from the zinester um, angle. But I was thinking about how I met various folks that either are now my clients or just cartoonists that I know and are familiar with or are friends, and yeah, kind of hanging around places like Push Pull Gallery. There's a uh, monthly comics meetup called Dune in Seattle, which has nothing to do with the Frank Herbert book. It's just called <laughs> well, Dune because indie comics. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, so well, I would say... Best flow or yes, the comics. Both. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I would say that the, the scene is, is still going strong um, and that it's, especially in Seattle, it's a delightful smorgasbord right. of like old guard and new school and all kinds of stuff mishmashing do you do uh mail order at all or uh yes my okay. my my website right emeraldcomicsdistro.com right now actually has a coherent retail store awesome on it. so if we were to want to check out some of these books uh what's what's the url that we could go to that's emeraldcomicsdistro.com <laughs> very good all right it's pretty easy to remember but uh yeah check it out uh see some of the wares that uh, the comics that Anne has uh, selling. And Anne, I hope to be here next year, and uh, we'll check in again and see how things are going. Thanks. Thank you.